Hello, podcast listeners. We know podcasts are a great way to catch up on a program that you may have missed on KSJE, and it's provided as a free service of this radio station. But you know, KSJE is now listener-supported, and so while you enjoy this podcast, we hope that you'll also take some time to join KSJE. Become a member today. It's quite easy to do. Just go to our website at ksje.com support and pick the level of support that best matches your budget. Thanks again for listening. Here's your podcast. KSJE is supported by San Juan Regional Medical Center. The most important ingredients to sustaining health and wellness are the resources and tools that help you live a vibrant and healthy life. At San Juan Regional Medical Center, the goal is to promote health by making sure those resources are available. Find the path to the best life at lifebetterhere.com. San Juan Regional Medical Center. Better is our mission, improving lives through personalized health and care. Ten minutes past eight o'clock. It is Wednesday morning, the eighth day of February 2023. Good morning, everyone. I'm Scott Micklin. Thanks for tuning in to KSJE 90.9 FM over the air, of course, here in San Juan County, New Mexico. In Durango, Colorado, we hope you're listening to us at 103.3 FM. And of course, if you're anywhere else on the planet, well, you can always listen to us from our website. Just go to ksje.com. That includes Rhode Island, by the way. Uh, coming up in the next few moments this morning, we're glad that you're with us. My guest today from San Juan Regional Medical Center, we are talking about the very important topic of teen and youth suicide and suicide prevention in our community and the resources that are available. That's coming up in the next few moments right here on KSJE with my guests. Then later on this hour, we'll be checking in with Ron Price. He has another lesson for us about life in the sandbox and this week we're talking about negotiations that topic coming up today later on this hour with ron price at 8 50 a.m on ksje next hour of course it is our classical music program roving with the arts and mick hess will be here with selections from Mahler and tchaikovsky we hope you'll enjoy that a special 90 minute version of right on four corner uh, roving with the arts pardon me because that'll take us to right on four corners at 10 30 with del Cherie gladden and this week del Cherie is speaking with author shannon baker about her latest mystery novel Exit Wounds. We'll hear more about that today at 10.30 on KSJE. Outside our studios here at San Juan College, it's a mostly sunny Wednesday morning, 22 degrees at the moment. We're expecting a mostly sunny day today with a high of 47. Winds will pick up overnight tonight, though, with a low of 26, and a windy day on Thursday with a high of 43 tomorrow. Clear skies uh, Thursday night, low near 16, 44 in sunshine on Friday, 55 with partly sunny skies for Saturday and Sunday, and maybe a high of 52 on Monday. The next storm system may be coming in Tuesday night. We'll see if that develops into anything as we get a bit closer. Well, let me introduce my guests who are joining me this morning with us from San Juan Regional Medical Center once again. We are joined by the Reverend Linda Stetter. Good morning, the chaplain at the hospital. Good to have you here. Good morning. It's great to be back, Scott. Thank you. You bet. Welcome back. Also joining us this morning, licensed clinical social worker at the hospital, Tammy Cagle is here. Tammy, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for
for being here, both of you. Thank you for having us. You bet. And the reason that you are here, there's some new research about children and uh, teen suicide and youth suicides and the prevention um, resources that are available. And so, Reverend Stetter, I want to kind of start with you a little bit about <laughs> some of the research that you've been looking at and maybe what that can help the rest of us know about what our kids are going through these days. Well, thank you, Scott. So uh, just before last Christmas, the American Psychological Association did a, a poll and they found out that about 35% of adults are uh, were expecting in 2023 to feel more anxiety and to feel that their mental health was only poor to fair. Uh, but my privilege at San Juan Regional is that I get to collaborate with some very gifted and talented people who are looking at what we can bring to bear to help people through this. So it's not really bad news. It's very good news for our community. And so it's a joy to be able to collaborate with Tammy and the doctors and nurses and the other clinical people and the, the social workers to try to figure out what we're observing and how the new research applies and how we can help people with great information and so today we're just hoping to share a okay. lot of that great information very very good well i'm glad that you are both here with that and tammy kegel let me come back to you a little bit about some of the work that you are doing and seeing with parents and children i guess too that come to you and come to the hospital yeah so uh, i work up on the behavioral health unit and we serve uh, the population from 18 years and older mm -hmm. so we do we're not really pediatrics we don't serve pediatrics however pediatrics do come into the emergency room uh, um, suicidal um, or with thoughts uh, the youngest I've seen personally is 10 years old um, but we see a lot of teens um, and they are actually uh, transported to uh, facilities that can handle their needs right but and for a child, pardon me for interrupting, but for a child of 10 to already be thinking maybe of, of suicidal thoughts, that's got to be concerning for all of us who consider ourselves part of this community. Absolutely. And uh, so Linda and I partnered up and we were looking at predictors. So mm -hmm. predictors for suicide ideation, that means thoughts, plans, or even attempts. And they actually were looking at children as young as three years old. So yes, and what they were looking at is uh, their mental health status. Uh, one of the predictors that they were looking at, and, and there's some research behind this, is <clears throat> a child that has been diagnosed with ADHD, um, conduct disorder, those are predictors. Um, so, but we do have to keep in mind that these children, with all this research they're talking about, um, numbers here, but we have to think about what was happening when they were growing up in early childhood. So sure. where did the maladapted uh, behaviors come from in the beginning, right? So uh, one of the things that we did see too, um, and I was quite surprised by, was nonverbal emotional abuse was a predictor for females, and this uh, they pinpoint at age 14. And that makes a lot of sense because they're in high school now and they're with their tribe and so maybe they're rejected for some reason from their peers or even parents will give them this maybe a silent treatment for uh, some reason right so that was a predictor for teenage girls 
and interesting. For, yeah, it was very, very interesting. And then uh, pr uh, parental verbal abuse in males at age five was a predictor as well for suicide behavior in the, in the future. And so, I, and I guess I, I don't want to draw a connection unless we can, but so you're saying, I think, um, that if, if some of the younger children experience some of these things that you're talking about, it's not predicted, that's not definite, but they may develop some of these things later in their teenage years. Is that kind of what you're, the research is showing? Yeah, the research show, and this is a study from um, Frontiers of Psychology, mm -hmm. major depressive disorder in uh, teenagers, right? So was the, it increased, the, these are increased factors. Sure, so it increases risk, right. right, for suicidal behavior. But they pinpoint, okay, at age 18, if a female has been sexually abused or assaulted at that age, they predict that she would have suicide ideations, right? Right. Later on. Okay. So it's just predictions. It just increases the risk, right? right? But for folks in those families, I suppose, it would be a good idea maybe to be more aware that these things could be developing. Maybe if you've gone through it at, at age five or six or what have you, and then it maybe calms down for a few years, but then in the teenage years come back, this would be something to, to keep in mind, I suppose. Absolutely, but we also want to look at early childhood and their behaviors, right, Linda? Correct. So one of the things that we're looking at is uh, sleep mm -hmm. in okay. early childhood. Right. So we're looking at sleep, uh, sleep issues, um, and the risk factor for suicide ideation later in life. Now, I do know we've seen an uptick in melatonin poisoning in young kids. This is parents trying to help them sleep, right? So we really want to make sure that uh, if your child's having issues sleeping, you really want to go to your pediatric uh, clinic or to family doctor or wherever you see, seek treatment for your children. Right. Um, so that's really important. Good to know. And Reverend Sedder, let me come back to you a little bit about what, uh, what Tammy's telling us this morning about some of these really young children that may be having these difficulties and then it kind of re shows itself uh, in the teenage years when other things are, are happening. And of course, any, anyone who survived teenage years, more power to them, right? Because it's a tough time for Amen. all of us. Amen to that. Yeah. Well, and what blew me away was a conversation that I had with a sleep expert. And they're finding uh, children as young as two years old having sleep studies and having sleep <clears throat> apnea, <clears throat> which means at they're two. at two, yeah. which means their brains are not getting the oxygen they need. And that's not good for anybody's <clears throat> physical or, or um, mental well-being at all. And so we know that none of us really get through life unscathed. We have bumps, things happen to us, um, but when they accumulate and then you add some of these risk factors on top of it, you have kind of the perfect mix of things that that um, kids are not developmentally able to cope with at a given age. So, so we're finding that that helping parents learn coping skills to help their kids learn coping skills at various ages is hugely important because a lot of the the young adults who come to our behavioral health don't have coping skills mm -hmm. nobody's ever taken the time to help them deal with tragedy to deal with adversity to deal with things like bullying which is a huge um, thing that is happening to kids in their families, in school, across social media. And that's a really big predictor of mental uh, stress. Yeah, right. That, that's 
Correct. I mean, the research I did, so at age 17, uh, the risk factors for suicide ideation in boys was bullying, drug use, parent death, failure to achieve something important. That really is amazing at that age. So really, so if kids are not feeling like they're, they, if they're failing in school, that is, that brings the risk higher. Um, and I would assume maybe failing, and pardon me again for interrupting, but failing maybe doesn't mean actually like getting a D. Failing could mean just not meeting expectations. Maybe you wanted to get an A and you got a B, and to a, to a kid that may mean a failure. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I believe that too. And also too, I believe that uh, kids, if they're connected to sports, they're connected to school clubs, and they feel like they belong to part of something that's actually bigger than they are, mm -hmm. and that they're they're part of this. Uh, I think they do better. Right. You know, even if things aren't so great at home, you know, I think they just do better overall. Right. I would think so too, Reverend Setter. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And and um, in talking with Tammy, one of the things we're hearing from some of the older teenagers who are coming in is a lot of praise for their school counselors mm. and recognizing the stressors and supporting them where they might not be getting mm -hmm. other support. And I think it's a two-edged sword uh, because the kids need that connection, especially at that age, and they need the positive influence and they need the achievement. They need to feel a sense of accomplishment and belonging. But on the other hand, we have to be careful as adults not to um, state expectations that they can't live up to. Mm -hmm. I've heard young adults and teenagers say, no matter what I do, I can't be my sister or my brother. I can't live up to that level of perfection. Mm -hmm. My parents are saying, why can't you be like right. this mm -hmm. other uh, mm -hmm. child? Or I can't do enough, good enough ever. And so those expectations, even if the kid made almost A's, Right. And they made one B and they get chewed out for that. I mean, just that expectation in the face of what they really did achieve can can just <clears throat> discourage okay. kids beyond coping. Right, mm -hmm. right. Okay. And I think we need to do a shout out to the schools because Absolutely. a lot of times they are on the front lines of some of these mm -hmm. things. The teachers making some of their observations in the classroom. Maybe the kid, the student is not getting the support maybe from, from home mm -hmm. or they've got difficult home life going on. And so these things maybe show up in class and the mm -hmm. teacher can then maybe let the counselor know and the counselor can then let other folks know and get the help that is maybe needed for these individuals. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to shout out to all the social workers in these schools. Because yes, too. Yes, They exactly. are stretched. Okay. And I know a lot of them because they're my students and they're doing a fabulous job and they talk about the barriers that they face and but they truly love their kids and they're out there every you know monday through friday and some weekends really working with these children um we i think a goal for for these children um with suicide risk factors we want to decrease we want to decrease risk factors and increase protect protective factors so what does that mean exactly okay so i was going to ask you yeah. What, is that? what does that mean, <laughs> what, Tammy Cagle? What, what does that look like for you? <laughs> well, when I have conversations with um, people, of course, coming from a, a, a perspective of spiritual care, I say, tell me a little bit about what keeps your spirit strong. Mm. And they can tell me. 
Usually right. it's a sense of belonging. It is that sense of accomplishment. It's a sense of having purpose mm -hmm. in life. And if they've never been encouraged or validated, um, then, then that becomes an issue. And we talk about the successes they have had in their lives because nobody comes to us without having <laughs> some successes. They need to be reconnected with mm -hmm. the things that strengthen their spirit, that make them feel like a whole human being. Yeah. And it's easy to get unplugged from your strengths. Mm -hmm. And so if we can plug them back in, then they can realize what awesome people they are. And that can be a launching pad for the next level of mm -hmm. help that we can give them. Yeah. So one of the things I do see here a lot of, even on the unit, even with the younger folks on the unit, is it's a sense of learned helplessness. People have beat it down this community to such a point where they just feel helpless, like generation after generation. And so how do we change that? You know, I think uh, through, I encourage uh, going out and volunteering, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, joining self-help groups, um, education, because we know risk uh, higher for folks who are, uh, who are in poverty. We know that, okay? That's sure. what the science is telling us. So really trying to get the younger generation to learn that they can accomplish small things first and then we, we build mm -hmm. that up. So their self-esteem is up and they're actually being able to support themselves and, and their children. Right. <clears throat> and, and so where I see a great deal of hope in all of this is that uh, our research is finally pinpointing very precisely, not just over generalizations about the risk factors, but really pinpointing the ages and sensitive stages where kids are most vulnerable to particular things at particular ages. Mm -hmm. So that um, helps all of us uh, figure out strategies that work right then and there. And it also gives me hope because I know that counselors, churches, the hospital, medical people are all in this really trying hard to help. Um, and I yeah. was going to say one more thing, and now I forgot. That's it. all right. Okay. That's all right. Let me remind yeah. the audiences that I am speaking with my guest this morning from San Juan Regional Medical Center. We are talking about the very real issue of suicides in adults and younger folks, teens and even younger, uh, on the program this morning and talking about some of the research that's coming in about um, this issue. And, of course, New Mexico, unfortunately, um, has more than our, our share of these tragedies that affect families and, and individuals. And so um, it is something that really needs some attention, I think, in our in our state and is getting some attention as we talk about this um, this morning. Reverend Stetter, you talked a little bit about folks coming to you and you asked them about their faith and, and what keeps them positive. I wonder if any folks maybe have a little bit of a, of, a, of an issue with their faith. Maybe they're not quite as strong in their faith because of medical issues or other stresses in their, in their lives, and they're a little shaken. And do they often come to you and talk a little bit about that? They talk a lot about that. And of course, your faith, whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, is, is something that can give you strength when not much else can. And a lot of them come from homes where their, their 
faith has been kind of shaky all along and they haven't been well mentored. So this is the other thing I just forgot a while ago is that one of the beautiful places I see hope is helping um, people recover that place of faith and then giving them a vision. And for our young people, a lot of times, as what Tammy just said is true, is keeping them from repeating a cycle of poverty and giving them a vision about what they could achieve. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of it is we have uh, San Juan College right here yeah. in town. And most of them have never been told, you're smart, you can go to school. You can do this. There are people there that will help you. You can get a good job. And so part of what I try to see in them are their gifts and graces that nobody's ever pointed out or validated. Because sometimes, you know, people see good things in you that you don't see in yourself. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so I try to strengthen them that way. And there's a lot of hope in that. And that all has to do with strengthening your spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And the bigger picture, I think, in our state is we see kind of the generational poverty and some of these issues that go on generation to generation, unfortunately. And I know there's a lot of people that are working really hard to try to break that cycle, um, whether it's through early childhood education or in-home visiting or some of these other programs that we hear about at a, at a statewide level that really try to make some generational changes um, for the people of our of our state. And I think it's worth talking about, important to talk about, um, how these things do generate other societal problems just because we just can't seem to get a handle on it, but hopefully we are now. Yeah, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, what I do see quite often when people come in is that they attempt under the influence of alcohol and they would never have had that behavior unless they were under the influence. I see that more often than none. Um, I'm seeing, so one of the risk factors that I look for is uh, substance use, but how early in life did they start substance use? Because if they're starting under the age of 15 or 15, we're, we're looking at, okay, something is going on. Uh, is there trauma? What's, you know, what's going on? And we go from there, but we do know that's a risk factor in this, in, in this area and what I'm seeing personally sure. is um, early use with alcohol. Um, so, I mean, I think that's something that we have to look at and we do, um, mm -hmm. it's just one of the, the risk factors that we pay attention more over here. Right. Right. Understood. We talked a little bit too, before we came on the air this morning about, um, anxiety, mm -hmm. um, with young people and even not so young people, yeah. um, dealing with just the pressures of everyday life and things like that. But bullying, I know, mm -hmm. um, plays a big role in what we're talking about too, doesn't it? It does. So when I look at, um, <clears throat> so this is just in my experience in this area. So my, uh, patients will come in and talk to me about what's happened in their family as far as suicide history. And I've heard, uh, which is a risk factor. So if one of the parents or a family member has completed, then we know that raises the risk for children, right? Or for adults even. So um, what we were looking at is, um, can you repeat the question? I was asking about bullying, bullying. and anxiety, yes. right? I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay. So of course, anxiety. You know, you have social media. We all know with social media can provoke anxiety. Um, we also, and bullying, right? Well, I mean, I mean, we're talking the, bu the bullying. Yes. Yeah. So when we see younger uh, children complete, it's a lot of times to do with the bullying. We see that, and it doesn't have to be just bullying in school. It could be bullying online. It could be another family member bullying a child. So we really have to pay attention um, to that, and those children really need to be in therapy, right? 
Right. And I think we're seeing, again, back to the schools, right? A lot of schools trying to get on top of the bullying problem quickly before it gets out of control and, and things along that line. I think yeah. and we're, we're seeing more of a concerted effort there. Yeah, a lot of uh, schools have no tolerant um, policies in place for bullying. Um, I think also, too, the counselors now trained more. Um, the social workers can kind of also see the signs and, and do the interventions that they need to do in the school, but it's not always known that somebody's getting bullied. True. Um, like online, like some of these kids, I mean, with all these platforms, you know, we don't, we, you know, sometimes it's hard and teenagers tend to isolate. So maybe they weren't bullied in school or in their earlier life, but all of a sudden they join a new platform and they're being bullied, you know, so there's different Different factors here. Right. And there, and as we said, too, earlier, there's a lot of anonymity when it comes to online bullying. Sometimes folks can have a fake profile or whatever and reach out and be really nasty or, or what have you. And it's really difficult for um, folks to maybe get to the bottom of it and stop it to figure out what's, what's really going on because of the whole anonymity aspect of social media sometimes. Absolutely. But I will tell you that you can go and make a complaint. To, you can go make a police report. And I have seen people prosecuted. Due Good. to bullying, texting. Good. Okay, so I have mm -hmm. seen that personally. So if your child or you or anybody you know um, is being bullied or harassed um, via text uh, online, definitely you should say something. Speak up. Right. Very good. And I think that is a great uh, lead-in to kind of wrapping up our conversation this morning. We just have a few minutes remaining, but I didn't want to stop our conversation without talking with you both about the resources that are available for this very serious problem. As you mentioned, law enforcement can get involved sometimes and, and maybe can stop some of this stuff before it gets too far. Um, but there are other resources as well in the community. And I want to ask you both about, about some of those. Reverend Stetter. I guess one of my big conclusions uh, from observation is that young people, especially, but even adults, can hide their emotional pain really well for a long time until it just forces its way out. And Tammy said something uh, super important a while ago about um, not stopping talking to the mm. kids, you know, maybe parents or whoever just quit speaking to you. I think that's the most dangerous thing. And, and the important thing is for people who are in emotional pain to have somebody to talk to, to always have a conversation, to keep the lines of communication open with anybody they trust, whether it's a clergy person, whether it's a social worker, whether it's a therapist. But I know Tammy has some other resources that are super important that can mm -hmm. help people uh, maybe feel like they're not divulging their innermost pain to public people. Right, right. Yeah, I think first and foremost, we really need to take the stigma out of saying suicide. Okay, I mean, because in this community, it could be very uh, sensitive, right? So I think that's, we have to really work on doing that. And that is through communication, right? And education, those two things. The other thing I wanted to mention for kids, I'm really excited. I'm going to mention this because there's there's counseling out there. Uh, sometimes you have to go on a waiting list, but use your online resources. Go online. You, there's plenty, uh, not plenty, but there are more resources in Albuquerque. So maybe you can start your child if they can't go in person to counseling. You can start via telehealth, right? So use those resources. Um, also, 988, that's the new number for the hotline, suicide hotline. Um, that's another resource. 
The other resource, <clears throat> and excuse me, especially for teenagers, they can actually text 741741, text BRAVE, and a counselor will get back to them. So a lot of times, you know, teenagers are afraid to call because they don't want to get in trouble or they're afraid the police are going to come. So this is a text resource. The other thing, there are new <clears throat> innovative treatments coming to our area. There's a new non-for-profit, Mullen um, Equan, over in Bloomfield, just became licensed for non-for-profit. Okay. So Equan therapy, that means um, hopefully in the future, but that's the, the goal over there. So, um, and I've seen it work magic. I mean, you know. For no, adults explain, and children. Little, explain that a little bit to us about what is that how it's different from maybe other types of therapy. So it's animal assisted yeah, therapy. It's, Thank you. Yeah, okay. it's animal assisted therapy, and uh, it's a great way to learn boundaries and how to nurture and care, and build self esteem. It's wonderful to work with animals. So I think that's something. Hopefully, we'll see here in the future. That's the goal. Um, also, too, you have San Juan Medical Center. You can bring your child, walk into the emergency room and say, my child is having these thoughts, having these behaviors, and I need help. And you will receive help. That's really important. It really is. Right. And so that's an important thing for folks to know. And, uh, and that's great in Reverend Stutter. I imagine that that is where you come in sometimes to talk to some of these families, perhaps, or at least visit with them or see what they need, maybe? It is. And sometimes we even just have parents walking in the door without their kids saying, I need help. I have issues with whatever family member of my child. I don't know what to do about it. I'm at my wits end. They'll just walk in the door and, mm -hmm. and I see them and greet them and I'm able to get them to where they need to go. So uh, if, if they walk in our door and talk to us, we're going to find a way to get them what they need. Well, also too, if you, any family member, your child, has feelings of hurting themselves or others, please call 911. Don't hesitate to call 911. Right, very true. And that other uh, number that you mentioned, the 988 number, that gets folks connected to someone that can deal with these suicidal tendencies or thoughts and things like that? Is that what's on the other end of that line? Yeah, they're trained counselors, therapists. Uh, Great. Yeah, that. 24-7, 365, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's why they set that up. Yes. Very good. Good resource. Absolutely. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both for coming in this morning to speak with me. Again, it's a really important topic, and uh, it really does um, affect a lot of families. I'm sure we'd be surprised to know mm -hmm. just how very many families have to deal with these type of issues. But uh, Reverend Linda Setter and uh, Tammy Cagle, thank you both for coming thank in this you. morning. Thank you. Great to see you both. My okay. guests here on KSJE. KSJE and San Juan College present the Student Success Coaching Tip of the Week. Hello, this is M&T, bringing you week four of Coaching Tips of the Week. This week is resources. There are many resources available on our college campus, both physically and online. Be sure to know these valuable resources if you are unsure of their availability. Do an online search using your college website. If you cannot find the resources on your own, be sure to contact the Student Achievement Center in room 1604. Resources can be found in the following areas, Library Services, Native American Center, Herencia and Latina Center, the Student Achievement Center, the Career Center, Trio Center, Slash Edge, Tutoring Center, the Veteran Center, 
Financial Aid Office, Advising, the Counseling Center, Disability Services, Business Office, and the Dean of Students and more. The Student Success Coaching Tip of the Week, presented by KSJE and the Student Achievement Center at San Juan College. Did you enjoy that podcast? We hope that you did. And if you did, share it with your friends. And if you really want to keep podcasts like this coming, please support KSJE. You can do it easily online at ksje.com.